All right. Well, thank you so much for joining with us this morning in this different, but now for us, kind of normal way of being together. Uh, last week, Kent talked with us about being gospel-centered, talked about the importance of that and the best way to measure that, fruitfulness. This morning, I'd like to talk about that as well, talk about the actions and what our beliefs, the difference that it really makes, uh, how we respond to the call to go and make disciples of all nations. But I'd like to focus in on one particular aspect of that calling. So who here likes fruit? I've got some fruits with me, a bright green apple and a bag of juicy oranges. I wish I could just kind of pass these through the screen and we could share and share alike and, and enjoy these together. But uh, I think you all know about fruit. Fruit is so brightly colored. Uh, the varieties of fruit smell sweet and have different tastes and textures. Um, and, and we very much enjoy fruit, at least most of us do. You know, for most of us, fruit is that thing we can go to the grocery store and, and buy that's a little bit healthier. It's not really candy or ice cream, but at least it's not a vegetable. In fact, um, most of the really good vegetables are actually fruits, such as tomatoes and avocados. Um, but we, we buy this and, and it feels like we're doing something good on both sides, right? It's enjoyable, it's sweet, uh, but it has some nutrition for us. It's, it's healthy, so to speak. But what are vegetables to the plants that produce them? Well, I mean, I said vegetables, vegetables as well. What are fruits to the plants that produce them? Uh, fruits are the vessel by which trees and bushes spread the seed of their kind to be reproduced in the world. How many of you like seeds? Some of us eat seeds. Um, a lot of times when we eat seeds, they're mixed together with some sort of dried fruit to make them more palatable. Sometimes they put salt all over it to make it taste good. Um, we know that seeds can be very nutritious for us, but they're just not as attractive as fruit. They're smaller, they're usually brown, they're, they're kind of crunchy. Um, they can have a, a decent little taste, but it's, it's just not the same though. So a tree or a bush who, who's wanting to spread its seed and reproduce itself out in the world will wrap that seed in something more attractive, something bright and sweet and crunchy that tastes good to animals so they will come and eat it. You know, in the same way, we too should be wrapping the seed of the gospel in something which attracts others to it. And the truth is that could be all sorts of things. And it's a really important question to ask, what should we wrap the gospel in? I want to suggest this morning that the best thing to wrap the gospel in is the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22, Paul says, 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I truly believe that this is the best sort of fruit to wrap the seed of the gospel in. That it is through love and joy and peace, that it's through, as some translations call it, forbearance, that we will attract other people and have the opportunity to not just share that sweet fruit which surrounds the seed, but to share the seed itself with them. When others see us at peace in the midst of turmoil, when they receive love from us that's genuine, when they observe that we have a joy which cannot be stolen by the circumstances around us, they will inevitably be attracted to us. And through acts of kindness, consistent patience, and gentleness toward others, we will earn the right to speak into their lives. In youth ministry, there's a good many things to be learned uh, about how to do it well, but there's a consistent kind of refrain that I've heard all through my schooling and, and through mentors as I've, I've continued in my ministry um, that they say, students will rarely remember the words you speak, but they will for sure remember how you made them feel. And I think we all relate to that. This idea that, that we go to those people that we feel good around, and, and for many different reasons, um, we feel good because they are non-judgmental to us. We feel good because when we make mistakes, they're kind and gentle. We feel good because they genuinely love us. We feel good because when we feel unsettled, they bring us back to a place of peace. And if we can do that for the people around us, that will be hugely impactful. You know, some of you can't resist banana pudding, uh, while others really go for the peach cobbler. Uh, there are some who like to dip strawberries and blackberries into whipped cream, while still others, their favorite fruits are in fact those vegetable ones, the tomatoes and avocados. In the same way, some fruits of the Spirit will attract some people more than others. There are nine fruits of the Spirit that Paul speaks about in Galatians, and I think all of those fruits are very important, but some will attract some people and some will attract others. Some will have a draw that brings people in and some others aren't as affected by. And so it's important to have all of those fruits of the spirit in our lives as followers of Christ to try to reach the most people. You know, you, you have that fruit bowl that you put on the table and almost never is it all one fruit. We have a variety of fruits because they have different colors and different smells and different shapes and, and certain people like certain fruits. But that can feel overwhelming as a follower of Christ to say, oh man, I've, I've got to be great at all nine of these things. I think if you'll ask anybody who's been walking with Christ for many years, uh, you'll find that it is in fact possible to grow in all nine of those areas. But I would encourage you and maybe you remember, it wasn't that long ago when Kent did a series on the fruit of the Spirit. And you may have, in fact, received a card from somebody that said, 
I see this fruit in you. You may have written down during that series of sermons, here is the fruit I need to work on. I encourage you to pick one. Ask God, please grow this fruit of the Spirit in me and lead people into my life who will be attracted by it. And take it on a second one as you become more adept in the first. And imagine if this body of believers, if each of us chose a fruit to really work on and to display to the world collectively, we would have covered those nine fruits of the Spirit many times over as together we work to seek the lost of the world and bring them to Christ. But of course, as has already been stated, it is in fact the seed that is important. The other is just wrapping. The flesh of the fruit, the crunch in your mouth, the sweet juice, the bright colored skin, all of that's important for the only because they carry inside of it a seed, a seed capable of reproducing. And that is what we seek to do as followers of Christ. Yes, we want to love. Yes, we want to bring joy into the lives of others. But we want to do so, so that we might have the opportunity to plant that seed. Kent talked about the idea that there, there are all kinds of, of ways to grow a group of people. Um, churches certainly grow um, and, and seem to not be gospel-centered. You have all sorts of, of social clubs and groups out there that uh, they provide some of these things that people are looking for um, in their lives. And, and yet, all of those can ultimately feel hollow without that seed, which produces new life. And we'll talk about that a little more in a minute. You know, one of my favorite comedians has an extended bit all about bacon. I find it quite hilarious because I myself love bacon, especially I love bacon when it's used to make some other bland or less appealing food more appealing, right? Um, as part of his bacon rant, Jim Gaffigan says this, you want to know how good bacon is? To improve other food, they wrap it in bacon. If it weren't for bacon, we wouldn't even know what a water chestnut is. Thank you, bacon. Sincerely, water chestnut the third. And those bits of bacon, oh, those are like the fairy dust of the food community. You don't want this baked potato? Bring! Now it's your favorite part of the meal. You don't want, you're not interested in this salad? Bibbity bobbity bacon! I just turned it into an entree. All of this silliness reminds me of a verse in scripture. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is beginning to speak in the Sermon on the Mount. And he uses two metaphors for his followers as a calling to them of how they're supposed to be. Beginning in verse 13, he says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, 
Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We are to be salt. We are to be light. We should be something that makes people salivate and get hungry for something greater. I love the phrase at the end, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Why should we be light? Why should we be salt? We do so, so we can point to God. We don't do it so people think, oh, that guy's so great, that girl, she's so wonderful. No, we do it to point to the one who is greater. You and I are the vessels that God desires to use to share the gospel with the world, one person at a time. It is my hope that who I am in relation to others is, a, is like bacon. It, it makes people hungry and desiring of something more so that I have the opportunity to introduce them to the one who is in fact more, my Savior, Jesus Christ. When done well, I become the salt of the earth, a city on a hill. When I allow God to dwell in me and mold me to his desire, he grows in me fruit that attracts others to the seed. And this is so important because though it may be sweet to receive love and life may be more satisfying when it's filled with joy, is only the good news of Jesus Christ that like a seed produces new life. I really appreciated Bill talking about this idea that when we take the communion supper together, we are proclaiming our belief in this new life, this eternal life, because that's in fact it. That is the core. That is what it means to be gospel-centered, is to have this undying belief that I carry something with me that can produce life, life which death cannot end. And so we all know the value of the gospel. That seed which we seek to plant in others, it's not like changing careers and so you can get paid more or to simply be happier tomorrow than you were today, but it is a wellspring of life flowing into eternity. And therefore, it is important that we aren't just walking around holding our packet of seeds in our pocket, nor do we want to be like some who simply open their packet of seeds and chuck them at people, throwing seeds all around, just hoping that somebody will pick it up and take it with them. But instead, we must remain in the vine, as Jesus instructed us and as Kent reminded us last week, so that the Spirit of Christ may produce in us fruit that acts as a means by which the seed can be spread and this new life that we have found can be reproduced in the world. As humans do, we've, we've tried to improve things. We've taken fruit and we have developed it in such a way so it is seedless. Maybe you eat seedless watermelons and you think, oh, good, don't have to worry about those pesky little seeds. That may be great for us, but what that does is it renders that fruit useless for its original purpose. And my prayer for us is that we would not be seedless fruits, but instead we would be fruit carrying with us the seed of the gospel, this most important thing 
which we need to be planting in the world to produce growth. And you may be in a place today where you've been seeking to be that, growing the fruit of the Spirit in your life for a long time. But you might feel like an apple that's been dropped on the floor one too many times with with brown bruises all over the place. My dad is the king of taking the most brown bananas ever and cutting off very meticulously those parts that aren't so good and eating what is left over. If my dad can do that with a banana, cannot our heavenly father take the good parts of you and also make use of them? We serve a supernatural God who can take the parts of us that are wounded and heal him, who can take the parts of us that we have have given to other things and remove it and still produce new growth in us so that we can be the vessels he's called us to be. And if you are in a place where you have had that seed in your own life and it's produced a wellspring of life for you, but you've held it tightly, I want to encourage you, share that good news with somebody else. Be that fruit that fulfills its purpose in spreading the seed and reproducing life. But you may, in fact, be someone listening to this, joining with us, who has never accepted the seed in your life. And I want to encourage you. We may be a bunch of bruised fruit. And you may think it's all fluff. But we have something greater to offer. And that greater thing is Jesus Christ. He is someone who will love you perfectly, who will not give up on you, who will always provide what you need. And as Bill mentioned, the greatest gift of all is his ability to create in us eternal life that cannot be ended by physical death. And so if you want to take advantage of that or you want prayers for your bruised life, we want to encourage you to reach out. Our elders are available through text message and phone calls, through email. Uh, we may be separate and apart, but but please take advantage of the avenues to share your prayer requests with us. And we will do what is necessary to support you, to lift you up. Uh, we will pray over you, and with you and for you. Um, there have been, as you all know, uh, a couple of baptisms recently. We will do the safest way possible, we will get out and we and we will baptize those who are ready to give their lives to Christ. So I want to encourage you this morning with those words to be the fruit which carries the seed, which is in fact the thing that produces new life. Good job, Nathan. <laughs>